Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Michael Chavez is a prolific and gifted engineer, producer, and musician based in Los Angeles, California. Over the past two decades, Chavez has collaborated with the likes of Iggy Pop, Marianne Faithful, Sarah McLaughlin, John Mayer, Sia, Leanne Rimes, and Rachel Yamagata, among many others. In 2016, he became a driving force to help complete You Wanted Darker, which proved to be the final album by the revered, iconic musician, songwriter, and poet, Leonard Cohen. You Want a Darker was shortlisted for the 2017 Polaris Music Prize in Canada, and so I reached out to Michael to ask him about his experiences playing on and mixing the album, what his memories and impressions of each and every song on the record were, and what it was actually like to work so closely with Leonard Cohen. Sponsored by Pizza Trocadero, The Bookshelf, Planet Bean Coffee, and Granddad's Donuts, this is Michael Chavez discussing Leonard Cohen on the 345th episode of Creative Control with your host, me, Vishkana. Hi, Michael. How are you? I am great. How are you doing? I'm very well. I'm very well. Where in the world are you today? I am in Los Angeles. I just got home last night, and uh, it's hot. Uh, I was in the pool a minute ago, but the connection was not good over there, so I'm now in my studio. Oh, that's <laughs> that's great. Now, I understand you went on a little bit of a, a moon-chasing expedition or something, something to do with the eclipse. Is that actually accurate? That is accurate. When I got home from a summer tour with a, a lovely singer called Rachel Yamagata, I got home three days possibly before the eclipse, and 
the the trip wasn't planned at all. I also got a call from another friend who had permits to hike Half Dome in Yosemite National Park in California. And those permits are hard to get. And two permits opened up. I got offered one. And I decided, and it was two weeks from the eclipse. So I decided I'm just going to drive into the path of the eclipse, work my way back down to Yosemite and hike Half Dome. <laughs> wow. That just, yeah. you got you got moon madness, basically. Yeah. It was it was incredible, by the way. I don't know if you got got to catch it, but I did. I did. My, I got the special glasses, and my my children and I looked at it. Yeah, it was it was amazing to see complete darkness. I was in the path in Idaho, a tiny little town called Weezer, Idaho. Weezer, like the band? Yeah, yeah. It's not spelled like the band, but they say it like the band. Oh, interesting. Well, we uh, we didn't have the darkness. We had to. It was a bright, sunny day, and we were well, my kids and I were out uh, in the at a playground, and then someone walking by our house just was like, "Hey, I have extra eclipse glasses. Here you go." So we just looked <laughs> up, and we could just if you looked at it, you could see the partial uh, partial eclipse. Uh, cool. But yeah, it was there was a lot of moon mania here, and I'm glad you got a, a taste of that. Yeah, me too. <laughs> well, I appreciate uh, the time to speak with you. Uh, we are ostensibly going to be talking about You Want It Darker, a record you worked on uh, by Leonard Cohen. But uh, before we get into that, uh, I'd like to know a little bit more about you. Uh, I I understand you're a musician. You are in the musical realm. What is your vocational and professional and personal background, Michael? Well, primarily, I, I guess you would call me a, a guitar player. I came on the scene playing guitar with a number of different artists and most notably I, I spent a, a handful of years out with um, John Mayer I played on a few records in the early years and that launched me into a world of making very cool records with your own Sarah McLachlan for instance oh. uh, and <laughs> I've worked uh, to with, be clear um, you mean Canada's own I don't I do not own <laughs> Any trademark or right over Sarah McLaughlin, but yes, yes, Canada. Hey, hey, I'm practically Canadian. I mean, I it's <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I know so many Canadian artists, but uh, but that's largely due to uh, Leonard's son Adam Cohen, who is has been a dear friend of mine and partner in crime in terms of music um, since I want to say 1999. Hmm. Now, would you have visited the Hillside Festival when Adam played here in Guelph? Uh, yes. Oh, so you were here. You were in my town. I didn't know that. Yes. Wow. <laughs> I've okay. been there before, yes. Okay. Have you been here with anyone else? I don't think so. No. I believe that was my first time was with Adam. Right. And Adam did some workshops uh, on top of his uh, own set, I believe. Did you? Yeah. Well, yeah. We, we went over there. I remember. Yeah. I remember. Yeah, it was only a few years ago, uh, mm -hmm. in the last four or five years or something like that. Yeah. Okay. So it's Adam that connected you with Leonard, I obviously. Yes. And right. Leonard has been, obviously last year we got much closer and spent a lot of time together, but I have known Leonard as long as I've known Adam, just, just you know through being my friend. Yeah, and anyone I've talked to who has come who who came to know uh, Leonard Cohen suggests that he had a, a true uh, generosity and warmth of spirit. That that was the case for you. I mean, obviously you have oh. a, a working dynamic so things can get tense, but <laughs> <laughs> I don't I don't think it ever got tense, quite honestly. The yeah. experience was just so memorably good. Hmm. Everything about it. 
right. was was amazing. Great. Well, I like I say, this is a this is a, a somewhat unusual version of this exercise I've been performing with people in terms of going through records song by song because often I have uh, the artist or uh, collaborator uh, with me to discuss things. In this case, uh, obviously, that's not possible. So. I appreciate the fact that you are willing to, um, because uh, just to be clear for people who don't know, you mix the record and you yes. perform various instruments on the record. Yes, you could call me in record speak. I was the cleaner. <laughs> <laughs> you were the cleaner. A hugely significant uh, role uh, on a record, really. I mean, you're the you're the cleaner is between the listener and the artist, basically the yeah. step right between. Oh, and the mastering engineer and whoever else. But yes, okay, yeah. all right, all right. So we uh, this is great. I appreciate uh, that you're willing to go through this exercise. So let's go let's go through it song by song, and uh, if you can uh, cite uh, you know your memories and experiences and impressions of of each song as best you can. I, I don't know if you want to delve into the possible intent of of songs because I think there's a uh, real significant direct intent on much of this material, and since you've lived with it, you might have, uh, you know, a perspective on that. But uh, all this to say, let's begin. Uh, the first song on the record is "You Want It Darker," the title track. If you are the dealer, I'm out of the game. If you are the healer, means I'm broken and lame. If thine is the glory, then. Mine must be the shame. You want it darker. We kill the flame. A little setup on how I got involved may help the background on all of these. Okay. Um, Adam, uh, first, all of these songs were tracked with Patrick Leonard. Lovely, lovely man and incredible talent. Insanely talented man. And uh, who has worked with Leonard in the past and the last few records. Mm -hmm. And Patrick and Leonard tracked with a band a lot of these songs. And Leonard then asked his son, Adam, to, uh, to complete the record, to pretty much produce and finish this and get it done. I see. And this would be December 2015. Adam gave me a call and said... Hey, uh, could you go to my old man's house tomorrow and track some vocals? He wants to punch in a couple of things, a couple of fixes. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, no problem. You know, instead of sending a, a stranger over to the house, uh, I went over. This was this was in Montreal. This is in Los Angeles. Oh, in Los sorry. Angeles. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Okay. Yeah. And uh, so I show up at the house, and you know, I didn't bring anything. Adam said, "No, you don't need a mic. You don't need a pre. Just just go over there." I'm like, okay. And <laughs> so I walk in. I'm like, hey, Leonard, and he's got a setup in the living room on the table. He's got a pair of monitors, a laptop. Uh, what was the interface? I think it was UA's Apollo. And and there's that, that really big blue microphone, I don't know, a blue bottle, mm -hmm. that, that really bright-sounding microphone. And there's two chairs, and we, and we go. I, and this is when I hear the song for the first time. Huh. And I get chills because <laughs> of where it was sitting. It was just with the, it was amazing. And, and he just wanted to punch in and fix the, uh, the refrains as he would call it. <laughs> this led to much confusion too. When we're Adam and I talking about choruses and, 
he would get confused, we'd get confused. And, oh, the refrain. Okay, got it. <laughs> would the refrain so, in this case be, Hinemi, Hinemi, I'm ready, my lord? Exactly, yeah. exactly. Hinemi, Hinemi, I'm ready, my lord. And those are the lines that I punched in. He came and sang those lines. Those, oh, so low. Oh, my goodness. So rich sounding. Uh, got a few takes of each of those. And we were done. I left. And I was heading out of town the following day, as I do. I travel. <laughs> and, and he said, hey, you know, over the weekend, could you send me a rough mix of that so I can sit with him? Like, of course. So on my laptop on the road, I sent him a little mix of You Want It Darker. He loved it. And basically, that this organically, it, it just grew. Um, hmm. he, wanted, he wanted to keep fixing lines, recutting vocals, and Adam kept sending me in. And it got to the point where Leonard said, well, you know, I like your vocal sound better. Let's re-sing this song. And then there were days where... Adam says, no, we need to replace that bass. And so I'd pick up a bass. <laughs> then Leonard would say, I hate those drums. So I'd go fix some drums. <laughs> so that's, that's what happened, song okay. by song. Right. We, were, we, we were cleaning house and making it, making it greater. Right. So, okay, all this to say, you, your, your fingerprints in some way, based on instructions you received from the Coens, I mean, you're all over this record in, in a while. Yes. Time. Yeah. Absolutely, yes. Okay. Now, uh, you, you discuss You Want a Darker there. I don't know if you can make a, a, a general statement about your perspective on this, because I'm sure it'll, uh, song by song, we'll, we'll cover this. But what is your perspective on his frame of mind? Uh, making these songs, writing these songs, because what haunts me about the record in particular is that it sounds genuinely like a fellow who knows he may be checking out and he might be yes. done. And and that's, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. And uh, one would think that these sessions might have been dark, you know, alluding to the title and and his state of mind and the uh, how was the feeling as we were working. And it was quite the opposite. It, it was not that at all. Of, of course, we all knew. And uh, and just a little bit of personal information from then in about seven months of 2016 and that month of 2015, um, I told you how I traveled the, the following day after I cut his vocal. Yeah. My, my mother was also dying, and I lost her last year. Oh, I'm sorry. So I... I spent, oh, thank you, thank you, but I spent a better part of that year dividing my time between two 80-year-olds who were dying, and, mm -hmm. and I cannot tell you how, how beautiful the experience was, the, just to be able to have the time to be home, and when Leonard had the energy and wanted to work, I'd just fly to L.A., and we'd work for a week, and then I'd go home, and it, it, it was quite beautiful. Was he? Uh, my, uh, we, I've heard various reports about his physical state in the last year or two of his life, and that he'd been suffering some physical um, pain. I believe back pain, maybe, or something like that. Yeah, his, you know, his body was failing. Yes, it's okay. just, just just like my mother's. Both right. of their bodies were just just they had enough. Right, and their so brain, their brains were fine, <laughs> but the body was failing. The pain was overbearing. So he, you would work with him when he was able. Essentially, there might, were there many sessions where it, it, it didn't happen because of his state. 
And it was just basically when he when he was ready to work, I showed up. Right. That's that's really all I can say about that. If he was ready to go, I'd, I'd be there. Right. So you want a darker? The first song has a, a lovely arrangement. It's rather understated. It's rather uh, foreboding. I mean, it suits the content of the song. Is there anything you can say about uh, how or how the how the arrangement came to be from your perspective? Well, is largely in due to, to uh, Adam's work on the. Um, the the choral arrangement yes. the choir uh he 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 spent a lot of time getting that arrangement together and he and i spent a lot of time getting the balances right and and uh often in my studio we'd sit there and just get get everything sounding right hmm. and uh beautiful arrangement that he did and i did not go with him he flew to montreal to to record those right came back with this with, with the choir and that was that. It kind of dropped into place after we did the the groundwork together on just the choir, and then we dropped it in. You have that. You, there's very little going on, you know. There's, yeah, it's very sparse. <laughs> yeah, but that was it. That filled that filled all the space. It was yeah, plenty. It's sparse, but totally impactful. And and like I say, it's among the most haunting songs I, I've ever heard him. Uh, sing and yeah the arrangement has a lot to do with that all right yeah we're going to move on to the uh, second song on the record treaty i've seen you change the water into wine i've seen you change it back to water too i sit at your table every night I try, but I just don't get high with you. I wish there was a treaty we could sign. I do not care who takes this bloody hill. I'm angry and I'm tired all the time. I wish there was a treaty. I wish there was a treaty. Between your love and mine. This was one of my favorites because it's one of those songs that it, it mixes itself. It records itself. It's so beautiful. Uh, definitely one of my favorites. And what all I can really say, for, for most of these songs, you'll hear me say this, he changed lyrics a lot, and that's nothing new. He's, you know... What's the word on the street that he took, what, five, seven years to, to write Hallelujah? Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> but, yeah, down to literally the day before mastering, we're punching in because he's got a better line. And, yeah, he usually has a better line. <laughs> there was nothing wrong with the old one. But, yeah, he's got a better one. And Treaty went through some of those changes lyrically. Musically, it was there. I don't think we touched it. You know, I did a little mix. Uh, I may have retracted some upright bass but uh other than that it was uh it was there was a tiny bit of arrangement and some lyric changes right and so had he recorded vocals uh, with original lyrics that he subsequently changed or was he just writing and changing before he laid them down the, it, it it was literally a line sometimes a word we would punch in oh <laughs> fascinating so it didn't it didn't go over like through a complete overhaul it, it, it very much is what it is but there's maybe a line or a word or two and they changed a few times but, 
Right. Many of the songs seem to be written uh, to his maker. Many of them seem to be written to some mysterious muse. Do you have a sense of where or who or what or why <laughs> who or what treaty was uh, was <laughs> directed to? Because it's clearly I, it's clearly a conversational song. Absolutely. And uh, you know, my feeling. I, I don't. I don't. We never personally spoke about this. I never asked. Like, hey, who's this about? Yeah. But. You know, in general, if you look at his his past and his catalog, it's 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 some muse, uh, clearly a breathtakingly beautiful woman who has just you know taken over in his mind in his heart. Well, there's a biblical. There are many biblical allusions to treaty as well. I saw you change the water into wine. I Absolutely, see, I see yeah. you change it back to water too. There's a miraculous yeah. aspect to this. Uh, Absolutely, yeah. yeah. And so you you generally would not have in-depth conversations about his intent with a song? No, from time to time, if there was a lyric change, maybe a little bit. Yeah. But, you know, my job's an en- as an engineer is, you know, I'll keep my mouth shut unless I'm asked. <laughs> you know? Sure. <laughs> I mean, we had plenty of conversation, but, you know, 90% of the time we weren't talking about music. We were just talking about the news and the, yeah. what's going on in the world. And, and uh, you know, let's order a burger, that kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I only got to, I only I had the great fortune of encountering Leonard once in person, and we just made very brief small talk. But for some reason, it's, well, I, because of who he was and because of the moment, I don't know, it just always stuck with me that he, he seemed forthcoming as a conversationalist. Like, he wanted to have a little chat, even though we were just meeting for a few moments, you know what I mean? Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. very personable that way. Uh, Treaty uh, is a, a, a figures heavily, or at least it's it has more of a weight uh, as a piece because it recurs. We'll get to it, I suppose, later, because the, the, yes. the record closes with a an instrumental version of it. Um, so clearly it is... Was that his idea or Adam's? That was... Uh... Well, it's interesting because the the idea of string arrangements for a lot of these songs came up several times in conversation between Adam and Leonard. And, yeah. I, you know, I, me being a fan of it, I, I would be in the room saying, yeah, yeah, let's do it, let's do it. Yeah. And, uh, and, and I think they came up with the idea together to have this be reprised and... Um, and you know Leonard comes in obviously with the uh, kind of spoken word at the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's, this just has, you know, this has clear significance on this record. I mean, they they all do, but uh, the fact that it recurs makes me. I guess it's obvious. There's obviously they were trying to put something across about this melody and and this idea of a treaty. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, let's move on then to uh, the next song, which is a a, a gorgeous. A musical arrangement that, again, it's infectious. It gets in my head, and uh, my son, who's six years old, loves uh, this record and, and this uh, this song in particular. It's called "On the Level." Let's keep it on the level. When I walked away from you, I turned my back on the devil. Yeah. 
impression of on the level, it's a it's a, a rare up, upbeat number from our man, <laughs> which was nice, nice to hear. Uh, just the, the the brooding bluesy feel of it is, I think it's pretty cool. Yeah. And on the technical side, that was the beast that I had to tame. Uh, in terms of mix, it was uh, it was it was quite a challenge, and the challenge being that some of the original vocals were tracked on different mics in different studios. Um, oh, I see. While while we while he was punching in words or lines here and there with me, uh, we had a, a microphone fail. I think the blue failed, and so <laughs> I remember this morning because we Adam and I went out into the back of his house to dig out his microphone you know we took a break i set up his old u87 and we get back to it and we're tracking and he stops in the middle of tracking you hear him say hey is that my old mic (laughs) yeah that's my old microphone (laughs) (laughs) he recognized it (laughs) yeah he recognized it so just with the different mics and Pre's and, and studios and rooms, that was challenging for me to get things to sound consistent. But uh, I think it worked. <laughs> well, one of the things I marvel at is a is the subtlety of the mix. Rather, I mean, the, there's a lot of layers to these songs, and and uh, even the background vocal. I believe the background vocals here were all performed by Dana Glover on this song. Yes, and yes. they've just been placed in a place where they're there, but they're kind of, they're wispy. They're a little, they're, mm-hmm. I, I enjoy it. There's a starkness to the arrangements and everything, but Leonard's voice is soaring above all of this stuff bubbling underneath. Oh, yes. And I, oh, yes. That's, he wouldn't have it any other way. Yeah, th- that was, a, that was a, a joint discussion, I suppose, on how to mix well, this thing. Well, honestly, uh, you know, he has the ears of a bat because... Adam and I, Adam would say, hey, kick down the vocal 1 dB. And then he'd come back in the room and say, hey, can you turn up the vocal 1 dB? <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's remarkable. Very engaged in the process. Yes, yes. Yeah, so. yeah they're, they're, I think there's a, I've heard this about Bob Dylan as well. I mean, he, he produces all his records. Now, there's a very, um, when you've been doing this long enough, you really know the studio. I think there's this impression that a, a songwriter of Leonard Cohen's stature would leave the business side of recording to the people in the room. But you're saying he was quite hands-on and quite... Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, You know, he he was generous in saying that I mixed this record. Yeah, I did a lot of groundwork and, you know, all the grunt work and EQ and this and that. And, but when I got to, you know, I did a lot of work in the mornings at my studio. And then when I'd go to his house we'd make some moves together yeah. with Adam as well. Yeah. You, know? you, you, you mentioned that On the Level is an upbeat song, uh, at least relative to the other songs on the record, and I, I agree with you. Do you have a sense of what he was writing about here? Hmm. I mean, other than the, you know, other than the literal meaning of the words, keep it on the level. Uh, I mean, I, I, I again, there's a lot of transitional stuff going on in this record. Transitional, I mean, in terms of life transition. Now I'm living in this temple where they tell you what to do. I'm old and I've had to settle on a different point of view. 
yeah. there's so much resignation there. Um, yeah. And there, I yeah. know we've talked about this already, but this song has this weird thing where that resignation is belied by this beautiful, you know, vibrant arrangement. It's not a, yeah. it's interesting. Uh, it's yeah. like, a, there's a, there's a joy to it almost. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah. And the lines you just quoted don't sound very joyous. <laughs> no, exactly. But it, it's, it's, it, it was, it's almost darkly funny um, when it's phrased yeah. in this song. If this same song had occurred with some of the other arrangements, it would be quite hard to take, I would think. Uh, yeah. Emotionally, yeah. I mean, yeah. So absolutely, yeah. yeah. He just he he had a way of doing that. Uh, he he could sing these lyrics, and it was singing. Yeah. And this song, and the and the, and the lyrics, it it sings. Yeah. No, it, it does. It's a, it's a wonderful one. Well, from there, we're going to move on to uh, a song that uh, I think uh, is more in keeping with the, the rest of the tone uh, in terms of music, uh, musicality and in terms of the lyrics. This is Leaving the Table, which uh, Leaving the Table really gets to me. Um, yeah, yeah. I'm leaving the table. I'm out of the game. I don't know the people in your picture frame If I ever loved you, oh, no, no It's a crying shame if I ever loved you If I knew your name my role in this this song had to do with quite a bit of editing. I know that uh, I think Leonard wanted to give up on this one, and and Adam saved this one. <laughs> he really, really wanted it to work, and and I'm glad that Adam pressed to have this finished because it's it turned out amazing. Um, you play bass on this Adam, one, Adam. I did, and a lot of the instruments on this were was a dear friend of adam and myself and leonard so his name is zach ray mm. he's in a little band called death cab for cutie many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out my solution is plush care plush care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey they can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Aha, uh-huh, yes. I've heard of that band. <laughs> and and, um, <laughs> and Zach played some beautiful, some keyboards and, and some atmosphere. And it just, it, it all came together. And um, 
you know, Adam somehow got it to a place where Leonard was extremely happy with it. Do you know what Leonard's reservations were about this particular song? I think it was mainly the vocal, because when we got, you know, the original track may not have been, this is this is my point of view. Yeah, right of now. course, of course. I, I believe the original music that was there probably wasn't inspiring him to just get this great vocal. I see. And musically, when, you know, when Adam got it there, when we all got it there, and he liked it, he came in and delivered and just... It was, it was great. It's crushing. It's it's uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's a, an incredible vocal yeah. and incredibly uh, still to me. This is a hard song to process. I mean, yes, the mentality yeah. of someone. I I this is one of the things I'm grappling with the most about this record is just to hear someone really confront the end of life uh, in such a bold and. Brave manner, I think. I can't imagine yes. being in that state. I mean, it must have been rather awe-inspiring to be around someone like you, this. You said it. You said it. A bold and brave manner. Yeah. yeah. You you just nailed it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and on and on top of that, you know, the quality. It's so good. So, yeah. Sprinkle that on top. Yeah. And this analogy of leaving the table. I mean, yeah. yeah. Life as a table of... Uh, you know, there's so many tables in life <laughs> yes, yes, <laughs> and he kind of gets yes. to all of them here anyway yeah. uh, I appreciate your insight there we're going to move on now to uh, the next song If I Didn't Have Your Love this is uh, lyrics by Leonard Cohen music by Patrick Leonard uh, yes if the sun would lose its light and we lived an endless night and there was Nothing left that you could feel That's how it would be What my life would seem to me If I didn't have your love To make it real This one is pretty special really special and uh and this came back to stripping the arrangement and it was another one of those that there was a lot more going on and the more we muted the happier he got yeah patrick plays many uh what is patrick's credits here drum programming uh keys bass b3 organ piano and then there's another b3 organ and another electric guitar so it is there seems to be a lot of stuff but it's it's subtle again yeah, it's very subtle. And, then, and when you say there seems to be a lot of stuff, there was so much more. Oh. <laughs> so you were just muting channels, basically. Yeah, we were muting channels. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, it's still a stark arrangement, which I really love. And that guitar tone, uh, boy, he loved Bill Battrell's guitar playing and the tone he got. It was just every time he heard the lick, he'd say, turn it up. <laughs> turn it up. You know, there's various, asp- various times on this record where I – you know Leonard is Leonard Cohen is obviously uh, grappling with uh his life but he's also I feel like he's grappling with his persona as a ladies man as a lover <laughs> yes. and, and uh and and how that desire is almost extinguished um that thing that desire that would would drive him um do you think that's an accurate uh, impression of where he was coming from 
Well, I, I feel that it's interesting. You mentioned it earlier. You touched on it earlier that he these songs kind of I don't know how he how he does it, man. But it, it, he's he could be singing about a woman, but then it flips to another higher power, maybe. Yeah. And so he just makes it all work, and you're just not sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's fascinating to hear him just deal with it's it's a total stock taking and a closing up of various human shops <laughs> yes you know the things that drive us and and maintain our desire for living i mean he's just shutting them all down throughout this record and yes acknowledging yeah. it it's it's truly fascinating um, as as well as uh, deeply impactful and this song, yeah, absolutely. If I Didn't Have Your Love, is a, another example of this. And and we move on again to another one, Traveling Light. favorites it's wow it's hard i i haven't listened to this record in a long time and i'm just it, the memories are coming back right now yeah wow this one was p pretty special because uh the arrangement once again zach ray myself and adam we worked hard on this arrangement and uh and when it got to a place where it was kind of groovy yeah. and it was really grooving uh, i remember at one point he, he he was ready to recut the vocal because now he was inspired and I was just moving things around on the computer and listening and uh, he said play it again play it again and he, we had it on a loop for maybe an hour and, and and at one point I turned around he was up out of his chair and dancing he was, he was dancing? so that's how powerful this was to get him inspired to, to, to get that vocal and and I mean the song itself is again another one of these ones about leaving, uh, moving on. And, yes, uh, it is. Yes, it is. <laughs> yeah, no, it's a it's another remarkable. And you did. Uh, it says here your credit here beyond uh, mixing is drum programming. How was that? Yes, uh, it was. It was played, but uh, I guess you could say it was programmed. I mean, it was. Uh, I played the the. The kick drum. Oh, the ride was programmed. Oh, I see. Yes, that was that. That wasn't a real ride, but it was a real kick. Yes. You know, Leonard Cohen has this history of really exploring synthetic sounds, and uh, this, oh yeah, and I mean he's done it throughout his his discography. Where I think once he, my impression is once he discovered these sounds, he was all in, and then as he moved on, he was trying to integrate his 
I guess, more folk-oriented roots with these sounds. And I feel like, do you think it's fair to say this record is a, a nice, subtle amalgamation of all of that? Yes, yes. And I think that's largely uh, in part of Adam's involvement. <laughs> yeah. It, it, God, it was a real, real pleasure just to, to see these guys work together after all these years. It was, it was amazing. Yeah. And uh, had Adam had much of a role in previous records by his dad? Um, not hands on. Yeah, they certainly had conversations about everything about the songs, where 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 the mix is sitting, this and that. Yeah. This is the first time it has been direct hands on, and Adam taking the reins, completing this record. Yeah, I recall Leonard making a making a particular statement about to that to that effect to basically say this wouldn't have happened, this wouldn't be here if it wasn't for Adam. Yeah. Uh, which seemed uh, like a pointed way of saying like this. Yeah, Adam had a huge yeah. role in this. Yeah, uh, <laughs> for for me it was quite entertaining to just being so close to Adam, you know, and seeing where he gets all <laughs> where he gets it all from. <laughs> right, <laughs> right, because you 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 know Adam more intimately than you do Leonard. Yeah, yeah. And it was it, it was almost. Uh, I think this is why it worked together. I had the advantage uh, because. Clearly, uh, so many traits. At a, Leonard does the same thing, and I'm used to working with Adam. I've, it's been 18 years of it. So when I got got in there, it was a little similar. And Leonard, you know, I think he caught on to that. Like I could kind of guess what Leonard was going to do next. I'm like, because that's what Adam would do. You know? <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's fascinating. That's very interesting. Yeah. All right. Yeah, which which made for a great working environment, as I said before. Nice. Well, we have a, a few more left here, and uh, we're going to mm-hmm. move on to the next song on the record, uh, which is uh, relatively sparse. Again, here's another one that you played bass on. You're credited with playing the bass on it. It's called It Seemed the Better Way. Seem the better way when first I heard him speak. Now it's much too late to turn the other cheek. Sounded like the truth. Seem the better way. Sounded like the truth. But it's not the truth today. This also the choir comes back for this one. Yes. And whenever the choir comes in, you can, you can pretty much mute everything else. And it became similar to the arrangement of You Want It Darker, where let's, let's have a, a lot less going on in this one. Yeah, that impulse to do less with more. It's funny that a choir connotes less uh, <laughs> in most circumstances a choir would be like that's kind of ostentatious there's a lot going on but yeah. to you that's that's a, a moment of clarity or directness yeah I, I really I love hearing the voices as the bed quite honestly yes it's yeah. it's, uh, it's just from traditional music as opposed to bass drums guitar keys it's nice to that the bed are a bunch of voices yeah, that's no. how I'm seeing. That's how I see it. Yeah, we were talking uh, moments ago about how Leonard approached music and actual, you know, instrumentation. I feel like there's really no father to this style. I feel like he kind of invented 
this this record and like the, the last few records i think really cement him as someone who had completely his own musical sensibility um do you think this, i agree yeah does, does specifically this... this song and you want it darker with the choir yeah you, you know i've never heard anything like that before <laughs> whether it's folk music pop music uh it's 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 fresh did he did he talk much about that did he talk much about wanting were there points where he was like no that sounds too much like something uh, else well these particular songs i'm quoting him where he said it this is fresh oh really it was, it, it was new he, <laughs> it was it was something new and he liked it okay so he was yeah. self-aware about that Oh yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. I mean, I, I, it's obviously the goal of any artist to create something idiosyncratic, but sometimes you're not even aware you're doing it, and, and often when you do do that, it's not, you know, it's, the reception for it can be confu- like a confused reception. Like I don't know what this is. Mm-hmm. Uh, he hasn't had that experience, and he hadn't had that experience in some years. This music was embraced. Yeah. And and I think I I, I think recognized for its greatness and for its distinction from almost everything else that you know it's <laughs> sort of familiar but uh but totally inventive and new so exactly yeah, yeah. Okay. And, and this one this one the choir arrangement again adam just just knocking it out of the park man. yeah yeah no, really good another lovely one so this is sort of the closer of the record in terms of uh in in, in one sense we were referring earlier to the uh string reprise and treaty uh that we'll get to in a moment that closes the, the record uh, properly but the next and final full song i suppose is steer your way yes steer your way through the pain that is far more real than you That smashed the cosmic model That planned at every view And please don't make me go there Though there be a God or not Year by year Month by month Day by day Thought by thought This one I think we rescued as well <laughs> there may have been a little bit of editing to get this guy together, but he finally got this great vocal after we got. This is one of those where he said, "Oh, yeah, we need to replace that bass." So I, <laughs> I picked up a bass, sat in the chair next to him with Adam and Leonard, and just played the bass. Your primary and instrument is guitar, but you you just you play bass on this record. Do you often play bass? Yes. Okay. Uh, I I do now. but since this record (laughs) no i'm kidding uh i have well since this record yes i've actually played a lot more bass gigs um but uh i mean i've played a bunch of instruments my whole life if if something needs to get done i'll I'll figure it out that kind of thing it's an interesting aspect right when you're in that stage of production you're a kind of a utility guy like if if any it seems to me as i read your credits on here in terms of instrumentation those were likely punch-ins after the fact uh, or or just things that needed to be fixed? Yeah, well, fixed or replaced. So a little bit of both. Yeah. I might have punched in here and there, but this song in particular, it was start to finish. That was a take. Right. Just, just played it down. As the I f- believe it was the first take. <laughs> oh, really? Okay. <laughs> yes, yes. So this is ostensibly, like I say, ostensibly the final uh, dispatch from a Leonard Cohen record uh, mm-hmm. pro- properly. What What is your take on what this song might be about this song steer your way uh, again he weaves in and out of uh is it a girl or is it a higher power 
Yeah. Or is it one and the same? <laughs> I think he's one of these people that revered women, but seemingly anyway. I, I don't want to put too much, uh, potentially give him credit maybe that he doesn't deserve because, you know, these days everyone has an opinion about everyone and oh, yeah. their motivations. Yeah. But I, I, my take on Leonard is that he had the sensitivity to revere women as much as he might his God. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. And <laughs> he, he really valued women um, in his life. Yeah. Yeah. And not in a you know, not in a lecherous man kind of way. I think he just viewed them as a higher life form. And that's my impression. I don't know if he yeah. would, anyone in his family would agree to this, but, uh, <laughs> uh, well, I, I feel a lot of these lyrics because of how they move in and out of that. I, I would tend to agree with you. Yeah. Yeah. He's framing, these are his muses, uh, the <clears throat> Lord and, and the ladies. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if I may, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, here we are at the end. String reprise and treaty. particular song as i mentioned earlier arrangements string arrangements of all of these was an idea and as as we completed these songs uh i think he had the vision to want the the treaty string reprise to, to be after steer your way so i know that you say technically the record is ending with steer your way but as we were making this record, he I, he he saw this. Yeah, that's yeah, and I appreciate your cl- your clarification there because I'm mm-hmm. I, I don't mean to uh, you know dismiss this uh, or no no or, yeah. or, or suggest it's not worthwhile because it does seem like there's intention um, and that's what I was trying to get at earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, but sorry, please continue. Yeah, well, it, it basically, he wanted to complete the record this way, yeah. and um, and it was really beautiful. I just have this vision of his eyes closed while playing back the string arrangement over and over just so he can listen. Hmm. Uh, yeah, it's quite beautiful, quite moving. It's rare for an artist of uh, Leonard Cohen's caliber to uh, leave us uh, in peak form. I, I really feel like he yeah. was. I mean, yeah. is that your feeling? It seems like yes. the experience for you was you were working with a genius and he knew every aspect of what was going on. Oh yes, definitely. Yeah. yeah. If if Adam and I tried to change anything while he was out of the room, he'd know. Right. <laughs> he would know. And do you deal? I mean, I imagine you deal with all kinds of artists. Was this unusual to have someone so immersed and engaged with the whole process? Mm, no, I, I would say it's probably right down the middle. It's fifty-fifty. Some artists, yeah, I'll just work on everything. Yeah, and then some artists are hands-on. They need to be there every time, and which is great. It's helpful. You know, you, yeah. when the artist has the vision and hears, you know, I, I'm happy to be there to, to make, you know, to make it work for the artist. To get, I won't want them to be happy. Yeah. There is obviously externally a, a poetic 
potentially over-romanticized aspect to the release of this record because uh, Leonard passed away uh, almost as soon as the, the what was it prior just prior or just after the record had come out I believe I'm I blanking. think it was just after just it after was just after yeah but on a human level what was that experience like for you I mean obviously your friend uh, you lost a collaborator and a colleague and a friend and and your good yes. friend lost his father but just yes. experientially I mean the fact that this the connection between his passing and this record did you see it in some kind of well, this is fate, or did you just did you not even process it in such a way? I I think I believe my feeling was that he this this record quite possibly kept him alive, and mm-hmm. when he finished, he finished. Yeah, that's that, that's that's my take on it, and. It was so, I I hate to just say fun, but it was really fun making this record. Mm -hmm. I think Adam and Leonard both had a good time. Adam may have been a little more stressed out from time to time, (laughs) but, (laughs) but all in all, it's the memories, uh, everything I take from this record is so good. It's changed me. Mm -hmm. And, you know, in addition to losing my mother last year, I have these incredible feelings. I have to share what, what Leonard said to me. Uh, after my mother passed, I came back, and, of course, he wanted to punch in something. You know? <laughs> so, so here we are punching in, you know, and, and I see him. And he, he knew what was going on. He knew that I was um, visiting and my mother in Arizona and, and there pretty much the whole time unless mm-hmm. I was coming to L.A. to work. And and he said to me, he said, you know, you left home at 18, saw your mom on the high holidays, and these last six, seven, eight months, you, you got to know her again. I'm like, yeah. And then, then he says, on top of that, she got to meet the man you became. And I'm, I'm, I'm crying. <laughs> yeah. I lost it. But leave it to Leonard to point out the most obvious thing I overlooked because clearly I spent a lot of quality time with my mom for months. And then he had to point that out. He said, you know, you're lucky. You're one of the lucky ones. It wasn't so sudden that you were there for months and months. Well, uh, I mean, obviously you've earned this uh, this role, but it does seem to me that you were fortunate to to get to know this man and uh, oh, yeah, yeah, and get to work with him. I uh, really appreciate your insight about uh, this record, Michael. And and uh, I wish it could be further and deeper, but quite honestly, any conversations that happen between Adam Leonard and myself sitting around, and and Leonard's friend Bob, who was often dropped by, we were just we would talk about so many different things, but never got into hey what what does this mean what does this mean oh no never got there <laughs> yeah well I, I imagine even if Leonard, Leonard were here he he might tell me to look to the songs themselves I mean I will say yeah. as a writer he is I, I think and we all have our impressions of people's work but I I feel like the songs are direct enough that I, I gather some intent and uh yes, yes most of the intent but yeah but he's also a poet and uh Mm-hmm. And enigmatic. So, uh, what, what is this the, the material that we've heard on You Want a Darker? Is this everything you guys did, or is there anything that didn't make it? There are a few more, and uh, let's just say to be continued. Okay, that's good to hear. I was curious <laughs> about that too, just based on the working methods you described. I appreciate that. Yeah. I thank you for this. Uh, what are you up to now? 
what are you, um, what are you working on? I am working on, I'm producing a record for a singer called Amy Vashel, and I'm trying to finish it, but I think I leave for China next week <laughs> with Rachel Yamagata, and, uh, but I will finish that record, and I'll finish that tour. Okay. And then, who knows? Just It's the life of a musician, uh, or engineer, mixer, or producer. Just, yeah. If it comes, it comes. And is there somewhere online where people can learn more about what you're up to? Yes. I can be found on Instagram. My handle is at Don Miguel de las Chavez. And it's the same for Facebook. Don Miguel de las Chavez. Don Miguel. <laughs> it's a nickname that Adam granted me many years ago. Don Miguel. Okay. That's a romantic. You sound... <laughs> Like a conquistador or something. That's a romantic well, name. Well, w- w- the, the running joke is that I am the patron saint of tequila. Ah, I see. I, see. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't realize that. Okay, so people can find... What, what, sorry, it was a mouthful. What, what is it again? Don? At Don Miguel de las Chavez. Okay, all right. We'll, get, we'll send people there. That sounds good. Well, Michael, thank you so much uh, for talking with me about this record, and uh, best of luck with everything going forward. Oh, thank you. It's n- nice to finally meet you over the phone. I'm sorry it took so long. <laughs> there you go, Michael Chavez on Leonard Cohen, and you want it darker. I found that very insightful. I'd like to take a moment. Uh, I, I thank Michael, obviously, for being on the show. I'd like to thank our mutual friend, Howard Billerman, for connecting me with Michael and making this happen. Uh, I, Howard uh, befriended... Uh, I've, I've talked about this before on the show, that I'd heard stories that... Uh, well, I heard the stories from Howard. Howard had befriended and began collaborating with uh, Leonard Cohen and also appears uh, with some credits on uh, You Want It Darker. But uh, he's been very modest about his role in in all of this, but uh, certainly played a huge role in connecting Michael and I. So again, Howard, if you're listening to this, thank you very much. And Michael, thank you once again for your thoughtfulness and, and for being so open to discuss uh, this this process it sounded uh, truly truly magical this is the 345th episode of uh, creative control a podcast available on itunes audio boom google play stitcher TuneIn, overcast and most other podcast platforms if you want to learn more about the show and access uh, episodes that you haven't uh, been able to locate via any of those aforementioned platforms go to vishkana.com learn more about me there as well Follow the show on Twitter at Vish Creative or me at Vishkana. Like us on Facebook. Creative Control Vishkana is a Facebook page. So like us there. And you can listen to a version of this show every Wednesday at noon Eastern Standard Time around the world at CFRU.ca or if you're in the Kitchener-Waterloo region on the radio at 93.3 FM. Also, please visit patreon.com slash creative control to make a flexible monthly donation Keep the podcast going. It would be greatly appreciated. And for your efforts, I will send you, uh, while supplies last, uh, a T-shirt. I have two T-shirt designs for the show. I have some uh, sizes left. Please let me know if uh, you'd like one uh, after you've pledged and we'll work something out. I'll mail it. I'll put it in the mail is what I will do. This episode would not be possible without our sponsors, Pizza Trocadero, whom you can call for pickup or delivery at 519-829-2444. Or check them out at trocaderoguelph.ca. The Bookshelf, an independently owned bookstore, bar, music venue, and movie theater located at 41 Quebec Street in Guelph. Learn more about them at bookshelf.ca. Planet Bean, freshly roasted, fair trade, certified organic coffee. 
more information about them, planetbeancoffee.com. And Granddad's Donuts, located at 574 James Street North in Hamilton, Ontario. Best donuts on the planet. Visit granddads.ca for information about that. Okay, if you can, subscribe to the show on all those podcast platforms. And while you're there, uh, give us a nice rating or review and uh, tell your friends about the show. Download episodes, all that stuff helps, and spread the word. I, I'm feeling good about these in-depth album analyses, and they're going to continue for the next little bit at least, while people are willing, and I have some exciting episodes coming up. Uh, so stick around for those. I have to go now. I will talk to you soon. Goodbye for now. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.